Hey everybody watching the Combo Wombo. I'm Chip Monk and with me as always is the Gimpy. <laughs> What's Gimpy? going on, Chip? It's it's Gimpy. Uh we do I have Mr. Gimpy, but I mean no one really like, I mean Mr. Gimpy's your father. I just call you Yeah, Gimpy. right. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean there's I feel my like I've known PC. you long enough so I can I don't <laughs> right. have to have the formalities and the Right, right. You know. well, what people don't get to is like when you when you play games with your buddies online and stuff, everyone else will go by their handle. So when you see we see each other in life, it's like, whoa, what's up, Chip? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? But it's yeah. like, bro, <laughs> everyone else is like looking like, I don't know, Chip, what's going on? You got like yeah. some secret bro hand code, like for sure, for sure. Nobody knows about the handles, like. It's like, like a, a goose and maverick, dude. I'm like it's some Top Gun shit. It's like it's, we've been through some wars together. It's 100 <laughs> some Top Gun shit. It, hey yeah. man, it works. Let's uh, gaming gaming at at night and going into work is the new Top Gun, man. That's all it is. Did I, they ever make that Top Gun sequel? Yeah, um, it's it got delayed because of the pandemic. I think it's still slated for the summer though, um, where okay. Tom Cruise is still Maverick and he's still you know. Just I heard he's being, like teaching Top Gun now at this point. He's where he's be coming in as the instructor or whatever. I could see that. I thought he was still yeah. trying to do like missions and stuff because he kept refusing promotions. But uh, you know, that's for our second pod movies with the comic. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start our third coming pod soon, right? Fourth right, pod, right? For sure. Yeah, man. I don't know, like that. Um, so I heard that the Top Gun was so popular that the u.s air force like set up recruiting booths outside of like the movie theaters to get people to, like yeah they're like hey you like top gun how about the real shit and yeah people are like yeah. yeah that'd be great <laughs> uh i i don't know if this was rumor or not but i'm glad you brought that up because uh apparently if you signed up you got to see the movie for free <laughs> okay yeah how so, many how many young gentlemen i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know man but uh that movie was awesome and i feel like it's not the reason why I wanted to to try and fly, but it it helped, you know. Um, I it owe had my that corniness of mm-hmm. like the late nineteen eighties, but it was like in the nineties, you know, when it came out. So yeah, it captured like that magic, and I felt like uh, that era of actor, like you had like uh, Mark Hamill, so like he had that corniness in the video game Wing Commander. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know if you remember, like all the cutscenes, dude. That was the first time I saw like a fake lion uh, creature monster <laughs> yes, in my life. Yes. It was Man. so corny, dude. But like uh, at the time, I was like, oh, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, you know what sucks? Like, did you see the Wing Commander movie with uh, Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, I love that movie, dude. That's a great movie. It was right, right. that movie holds up. <laughs> That's that a, movie is a good movie coming, dude. coming from the man who also likes transformers like <laughs> when when did you last watch the wing Commander oh no ninja movie? turtles ninja turtles uh, that's, a, that's the one that you liked earlier no um i will say this i loved that movie as a kid like i but i thought the fmvs um from the games looked better than the movie i thought they didn't do it justice like, i mean like back. special effects were still fairly new at the time like green screen like you can see that in the video game too, where it it's like better in the game though. I thought, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like they're using the game graphics. So if, I bet mm. if you go back and you look at the game now, you'd be like, "What is this? It's like 480p. <laughs> it's all muddy." Like, uh, uh, I think Mark Hamill is a better actor than Freddie Prince Jr. I'm going to go uh, out on a limb a and say that. Without a so, doubt. 
I think that also helps sell the like nonsense of like the green screens or blue screens or you know all the special yeah. effects. They definitely had like some bad CGI towards the end, but I felt like it held up good enough. Uh, they probably should have used more practical uh, models uh, and special effects. And I think that's what they did in the Wing Commander game. And I think that's yeah. why it was better in the game because <laughs> they just used practical. But in the actual movie of Wing Commander, they try to use like CGI to like marry the two. And it just was still those early days of CGI where you're just like, wow, this isn't great. Uh, but I, oh, what, what's up? Oh, I was going to uh, say uh, – um, uh, yeah, I didn't want to mm-hmm. interrupt you because you're on a you're on a, yeah, a was, good was... good thing here. Uh, but you're right, early days of CGI, but also like for the Wing Commander games, that was the early days of 3D as well. Um, like with Quake and stuff, I think it was Wing Commander Four that um, had a fully 3D engine, and um, so you had like those low poly models that looked amazing at the time. So I think like it married like early CG, early 3D in gaming and stuff. So you get. What probably looks like trash now, but it looked amazing back then. I, I didn't want to interrupt your thought. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, my thought's basically gone, but yeah. I, I, no, no, I, I recall what I was talking, thinking uh, my train of thought words. That, that marriage that you were just referencing, it was like, you saw that with early PC games too, like Myst, where it was like, this isn't quite full motion video graphics. It's not quite CG. It's like some weird in between. And I felt like the, Tried that with a lot of adventure games and stuff. It, yeah. it was weird. It was almost like uh, polygon models weren't up to where they needed to be. So they used like transposed like uh, 2D graphics with real world images overlaid. Like you see this with like uh, like Mortal Kombat with, with the characters. Uh, yeah. You see it with like Gex. I don't know if you remember Enter the yes, Gex. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do. Gex He's Enter the Gecko. Gecko. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Heather Graham was his uh, girlfriend in the second one. I think she okay. she got down with the gecko. <laughs> That's uh, rule thirty four that somebody should be looking up right now. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it on your work computer. It'll it'll unlock something within you, and I apologize for for those <laughs> who uh, looked this up. So but I was yeah, like, I was right. thinking back on this stuff because like my older my oldest brother had like a three do, and so I remember like a lot of these games where there were like. Uh, just super corny. Like it, it felt like uh, Hackers the movie. Remember Hackers the movie where they're like yeah, trash like the movie video game. Yeah, <laughs> crash override. <laughs> Those games were like 3DO games. I swear, dude. <laughs> like, Zero cool like, baby. <laughs> yeah, where it had like 3D planes with like 2D JPEGs mixed with like real time motion video. Where like yeah, uh, they did it a lot with uh, gun games, like in the arcade and stuff too. Uh, but like I, th- I think on the 3DO, there was like uh, bah, bah, bah. they had Corpse Killer, they had <laughs> Crime Patrol, dude. Yeah. Like where it's just like it's almost like a police training. Like police still use I think Crime Corpse Patrol, killer. yeah, and Corpse Killer <laughs> to train the cops, dude. Like where it's like it. it's like these ridiculous scenarios where it's like, oh no, we're in. Uh, I don't know. Time Crisis kind of did this too, where it was just like. Uh, you know, time crisis kind of jumped the rails with like nanobots and stuff or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah, where it's like these impossible scenarios where it's like a gang of ninjas have taken over the mall. You yeah. better get in there, officer. And there's like just random like, <laughs> uh, you know, actors running through like full movie. But like, their uh picture is on a plane. Like their videos on a plane, and it's like moving through like a 3D plane. 
and, and like you have to like click and like try yeah. and shoot them. But like, I want to say I don't think the 3DO had a gun, or maybe it was like a peripheral that my brother didn't have. So those games were like <laughs> it horrible. Had a mouse, like, right? I th- you might be thinking of the Panasonic. Might be okay. Is the Panasonic know, 3DO like, is not their thing? Is that the whole? No, thing? Panasonic is like its own console, and like 3DO is its own thing, dude. Yeah, Pan- fact, yeah. fact check that. <laughs> fact check that in the comments. Dude, but yeah, I swear, on. I believe you. Uh, I believe you. I swear, dude. Like, fact check in the comments. Like, look it up. Yeah. Uh, write your grandma. Ask her if Panasonic came out with a video game console. Like, it, it felt like um, there's a time there where everybody was like trying to release a console. Like, yeah. everybody was like trying to like CD ROMs kind of created the platform for full motion video to be a thing. Because yes. you can't like pull the bits up off of a cartridge, it like it, just the read speed wasn't high enough. Where like you need like a disc where you could like uh, encode the video to a format that was like readable by like you know, laser. So you get your like your laser disc, you get uh, video disc, you get CD ROMs, you get everybody was trying their own thing, but it was catching up with where the PC was already at. Like so like. 3DO had Mist on it. <laughs> you know, like, you could play Mist on the 3DO. Like they kind of ported over, like you know, Doom. They had the, Doom has been ported to everything, so of course there's like a 3DO port of Doom. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, man. Like uh, they had one game. It's called uh, Supreme Warrior, where it was basically like Wushu, like Kung Fu. Okay. And my brother had that, and it was like the game's timing was basically impossible. Like you have to like. <laughs> uh cracker jack timing to like get like right where like in the video sequence you're supposed to press the button prompt like i think uh what would what would you call it uh like shenmue had a ton of it where it's like qt's quick time events quick time events yeah so it was like a quick time event without like a button prompt or like anything to prompt you it was just like figure it out from watching this video so Uh, that's a double-edged sword of fmvs because i i feel they came about because uh developers were trying to get more of a cinematic feel in gaming right now because um early cd um right before that you had cartridges and you had early 3d and early cd started around the same time um to get access that like nice chunk of data layer for a very low cost required um a certain read speed uh sega jumped on very early with the sega cd and its read speed was like 2x i want to say was that as fast as it'll go but and its colors was it's like limited 240p to, yeah like rpm rpm wise it's very slow by today's standards it, it it runs as fast as you could like spin the disc on your finger like honestly and i yeah. think that might be actually be too fast but um sega cd also had a lot of uh of fmv games like uh the most famous being night trap which um trap. led to a lot of um court Let's hearings congressional hearings of like yep. 1993 like um yeah movies it, went through the came, same thing like video yeah, it, it led to the uh creation of the esrb the video games rating board yes yes now why um that happened is because night trap mortal Kombat, and uh there was one other game that i it's it's not on the top of my head right now but those are like the main two um it said it was too it was too violent it was too realistic um yeah. <laughs> night trap just got re-released on both steam and i believe the switch and that game is so tame by today's standards uh um, well it's like a b horror film even by like the 90s standards when it was released like 
I mean, you already had like Friday the Thirteenth and like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you already yeah. had like gory horror films, but there was already like the movies rating board where like you yeah. had some sort of rating. So I think that was. I don't know. It seemed like they're just trying to ban all video games altogether. Like it was, it was most like the satanic panic almost like type yeah. of thing where it was like uh, pearl clutching. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was more of an excuse to not be a parent really. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I have to research and like, look at what my kids are doing when I'm not around. How dare you have the government do this for me? <laughs> Which is the big the big thing, and I'm glad you brought that exact phrasing up because uh, uh, a congressman in Illinois um, brought up the same thing again. He's like, and you could tell that there was this is like a slow news day, maybe um, like after the election cycle, he has nothing to do. He's like, let's let's ban Grand Theft Auto Five. That game is like ten years old at this point, dude. Like you missed yeah. the boat a long time ago. It's like it's like the same people who tried to cancel Eminem uh, recently. It's like people have been trying to do that since the dude's career started. Like you also missed that boat. Yeah. Like 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 it, the industry is what it is at this point. There's no there's no going back. Uh, uh, with with um, FMVs though, you you get this sense of of uh, Hollywood, you know, level scope is is was the idea obviously execution camera quality acting acting quality yeah the encoding uh, quality too like where yeah. it's like you know 240p yeah. or less like didn't match yeah. up it didn't match up to hollywood standards but i do think that these games all had a certain charm to it that you just don't get with true digital graphics um it's like There's watching your your campy your campy movies that you love, you know, like like if you ever watch like Ernest Scared Stupid, you know, or like any of the Jim yeah. Varney movies where it's just like it's kind of like the first viral fun. actor is like the Ernest guy oh, yeah. where he started doing like local commercials and then got like people are like, oh, would you like to try and do a movie? But like he's always playing the same character, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, man. But like yeah, that campy funness, I feel like. Uh, you have to realize like what you have, like when you capture lightning in a bottle, I think they did that perfectly with command and conquer where like the hey. first one, it was like, this is supposed to be 100% serious. <laughs> like, but like the second game, is that the one where like they're time, like time traveling Einstein's a thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, it was either like that one or Red Alert. I can't nah, remember, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. The brotherhood. Yep. And I think maybe it was by three. You had like Ric Flair. Kane <laughs> lives or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, uh, I think Command and Conquer was like the. It wasn't the originator, but it was definitely the torchbearer through the '90s because they never shied away from the F- FMV cutscenes, and that's how they portrayed their story. And I yeah, think they, the games left their mark because of it. I think if they, they didn't understood have FMVs, what they had, be there. Yes, yes, agreed. It was like the video game was the meat and potatoes, and the FMVs were the dessert that you had to unlock. And I think yeah. like. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater also kind of capitalized on that where you could unlock like uh, skateboarding videos, like music videos of like, hey, here's some of these skaters. And like, I think people who are in the skateboarding scene, you know, like it was basically tapes and they call them tapes on the game where it's like, here's a tape of like your favorite skater. Uh, But yeah, like everybody who was big into skateboarding in the early 80s and early 90s, like you all traded tapes, you all watched like who was doing what and like it definitely all had like uh illegally licensed music by like it's like we're just putting over like some music and we're gonna rock out and we're gonna make something amazing here and it's 
you know, just a bunch of kids like trying to do their best with like what they got. But like Tony Hawk was like, these are your actual rewards for completing like X amount of stuff. You're going to get a tape. Uh, Command and Conquer also kind of did the same thing, where it's like after you complete a mission uh, and you get to a certain point in the scenario, you're going to unlock like the next like piece of like this story like the, that we're trying to tell. And it's yeah. kind of like you're saying, where it's like there's a certain charm, but like also world building that happens when you like you have like live action uh live people that you don't really capture with like uh cgi and i think we're finally now caught up like you know 40 years later to like what they already had back then and like i think people became super gun shy because of the congressional hearings and stuff where they're like well it must be because of live action because like if you look at like mortal Kombat, night trap where it's like it's real people doing like uh acts of violence where somehow like even if you look at like the esrb where they have like violence and then they have cartoony violence so there's like a distinguish between like these are people trying to be portrayed realistically and cartoons also doing the exact same acts but somehow there's like oh because it's a cartoon it's fine you know like yeah you can hit somebody with a frying pan if it's a cartoon and it's okay but if you have a frying pan and it's PUBG, then somehow you know it becomes a little bit more gray (laughs) if he has like a a zappy laser that's okay but and i almost think it's more dangerous to um water down like the violence to like differentiate between like so when i grew up we couldn't play with guns toy guns at all because my mom was just like this is like she didn't give a shit like if it was an orange gun or green gun like if it's supposed to be an alien gun she's like don't play with guns like they're not toys guns are not toys do not fuck with guns Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So, I think like that's just being a good parent, though, right? Like, uh, like you know, sure, there's like cowboys and Indians and stuff, and you could be like, oh, well, it's part of like childhood and or whatever is like having like guns or whatever. But like now, you're hearing about like you know kids being shot by police because they're running around with BB guns, like because they're treating guns as toys, or, and they're like, oh, but it has like a little orange tip at the end, so eh, somehow this is fine. Uh, and like if you're saying it's okay like as a cartoon and then saying it's not okay in real life like so i'm saying like the answer is good parenting <laughs> like to be like never, <laughs> never point there, bro <laughs> no no i'm saying like because like i think like people will be like well that's you know a policing issue or it's like the government needs to intervene uh you know you need to get rid of cartoons that portray like cartoony violence you need to get rid of video games that portray cartoony violence it's like those are fine like those are make pretend it is fantasy like yeah. uh and it like I think most of the time your kid's probably okay, like you know, running around with a nerf gun or you know, whatever, but you need to tell them, you know, like hey, at some point, you know, like if, when you graduate them from like a nerf to a BB gun, like uh don't point it at yourself or any other human or animal, you know, this type of like right. practical gun safety things like you need to I'm saying we need to bring back gun safety <laughs> with real guns to children in schools. <laughs> we need to get them shooting AR-15s and, uh, you know, semi-autos. Uh, Before you get on your gun safety oh. soapbox, let me stop you right there. <laughs> like, we're just here trying to talk about video games. When, all right, when I, when I got You've been lost. playing too much Crime Patrol and Corpse Killer. <laughs> Oh, the 3DO. This, this man is... talks about, he's just like corpse killer master. He's like gun control. You're like, get out of here with that. <laughs> uh, Talk about parents you, teaching you're your right, kids. We you're don't right. need gun control. The, the answer is good parenting. And, but bef- 
But with um oh Jesus. <laughs> a whole different can of worms. Um, yeah, bro. let's go let's let's back up, back up. All right, we're back. So main thing. Let's get back to FMVs. Yeah. Um it as a medium, um, I think uh and now we're getting newer games with FMVs. Like uh, her story was a really big release that um used FMVs in a real actor um to portray the story and give you real emotion and um the main thing that that works best with fmv games are turning it into a choose your own adventure style game Um, definitely and i think that one adventure games as a whole have always done fmv style things well um looking at past games such as uh phantasmagoria and uh seventh guest are ones that come to mind right away where uh having Real people in uh, fantastical settings, some, you know, hyper horrific, worked better to set a mood than a drawing of a bunch of red in a corner for, you know, blood and blood spill. You could look at the OG, like King's Quest, where it was like realistic people brought into sprites, much like Mortal Kombat, but like that spawned Dark Souls, you know, where it's like it it works better at capturing like a set and setting when you're. King's Quest leading to Dark Souls? Like, yeah, you've never I, heard that? No, no, not with King's Quest. Oh, like, uh, there was a. Uh, Are we going to have to pause it? No, like, no, 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 we don't have to pause. I'm just because King's Quest. I'm just going to say it as fact. Fuck it. it. I'm going so, deep. <laughs> there was. Um, King's uh, Quest, Grandpappy of Dark Souls. No. Changed my mind. All right. All right. There's a. <laughs> Uh, King's Field was prior, but that wasn't okay, an FMV game. Okay, maybe that's game. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what no, you're saying. It was an FMV though. game, but it was like live action sprites put over, like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a 3D plane with like uh, photo elements put on like a flat plane moving towards like an object. Gotcha. I mean, they did but- the same thing with like early, like Doom is like the example where it's like they use claymation yes. for all the monsters in Doom and like they shot photos and then they brought those in as sprites but it's all captured and then like descaled into yep. a, a game on 3d planes but yeah a movie you, is just pictures man yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but do you think that sprites. do you think that uh, uh fmvs helped um what became what we have now in gaming do you think it it showed developers that that storytelling and emotion capturing emotion in games was possible using this medium do you think that we would be where we are without FMVs? I, yeah, like kind of like I was going off on that rant where it was like FMVs kind of changed the course of everything where once it captured that realism, captured like some emotion, like, and like, yeah, it was corny as hell, but it was enough where, you know, people took notice and they could like hold it up, you know, and be like, oh, we got to do something about this. This shit's yeah. way too real. There's yeah. nothing about it saying that it's fantasy. We need to ban books and burn them. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it definitely set a tone and setting and showed the possibility space of what video games, what they could capture. Uh, and it definitely, it seemed like after that period, but maybe it was technology or whatever, because uh, I would say it's tough to tell if it's kind of a chicken egg scenario where it's like, was this where 
it was going to go inevitably because it's this good storytelling medium mm. or did this help set the tone for what was to come? Because you have basically pe- developers trying to figure out the new platform, right? It was like, there's a whole new way. It was a whole new medium video games, like in the early eighties and nineties still, yeah. especially with yeah. the introduction of like 3d graphics, real time 3d graphics. And then, like, when you can add, like, film elements to it, like, we're talking about, like, with Miss, what we're talking about with, like, Corpse Killer, we're talking about, like, you know, Supreme Warrior, where, like, you have, like, a Wushu, (laughs) you know, battle system with quick time events and stuff, where it's, like, you see, like, uh, what was to come. Like, what do you see, like, um, so it it would be like saying this, like, do you need asteroids to get to uh, Wing Commander? Where you know, Wing Commander is yeah. basically asteroids, but in like, a, you know, a I get that all axis, you know. So yeah. it's like hard to tell, but like, I would say yes in that when you can show emotion and like show like almost like I said, like the dessert for like yeah. the meat and potato gameplay, uh, and that dessert was like captivating story that like you talked about with people. You'd be like, hey, did you see like Einstein time traveling to kill Hitler? That shit was yeah. ridiculous, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, you'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next in this franchise. I want to see what, what this becomes. Yeah. Uh, when are we getting corpse killer two? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, where yeah, are we getting... um... <laughs> but I like also that... those early, uh, yeah. adventure games too. Also yes. like, uh, capture that. Like, like there was a, a three yoga. I think it's called like who, who shot Johnny rock was like FMV. But it's an adventure game, and like you're going around, and it's almost, yeah, basically. Good like, you, you see things like, yeah, but it became like multiple choice. But it's like, can you get there without like something like Dragon Lair, where it's like a single path narrative that you have to experience? But it's almost like a branching story pass, and you know that became like you know, Telltale games. That became like you know choose your own adventure. That became like uh, yeah. new uh, adventure games. Yeah, uh, I think that Dragon's Lair, we can't talk about FMV, uh, the FMV medium without bringing up Dragon's Lair because it's such a pivotal point. Because uh, uh, wasn't it done by Don Bluth and his team for animation? Or it was just trying to like ape that style at least? Um, so it was like frame-by-frame animation, which hasn't been done in, in uh, video games before at that point. And um, the whole game is basically a QTE uh, without, yeah. without a prompt. Uh, so... With that, um, for the for the time, Dragon's Lair was amazing. Playing it now, it's clunky as hell, but the amount of effort that went into animating all of these scenes, all of the death scenes, all of the, all of the success scenes is incredible. And I I think showed showed what the technology was to come. Because if you look at Dragon's Lair, it's like, whoa, that game looks it one looks visually amazing. The animation quality is visually stunning. How do we get that same animation quality, but actually put the player in control? So we we ended up having um, these hyper like we, we experimented with rotoscope graphics and something um, something like Prince of Persia, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just like beneath the steel, yeah, beneath the steel sky, um, and then with that we have um, frame by frame animation um, from the same studio that made uh, Dragon's Crown as the most recent example that I can think of. Um, there's another one that they made that it's going to bug me for not thinking of, but um, you know, like a certain 
quality of your sprites. Uh, and I think right, that so let me Slayer, let me flip flip the script on you now. Sure. Do we get something like Cuphead without Dragon's Lair? Yes, we do. But do you think it was inevitable? I think that with was the way Tony the medium, Stark? with the way the medium it was and and went towards, since we went from arcade to home consoles. And from arcade, which where you had like predominantly, uh, you know, like kill an alien game um, or like pinball things or like a block. And I mean, Dragon Slayer system. first came out in the arcade, and it was like oh, know, groundbreaking because of you know CD. I know. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. To, I'm getting to my <laughs> okay, well, no, my bad. My bad. Go ahead, so, go ahead. Sorry. so from so when Continue. games when games came to consoles, um, they started to ape Saturday morning cartoons. We had characters that we could latch onto and identify with. We had the Mario's, the Sonics, and going into the 3D era, the Crash Bandicoots, the Spyros. You know, it's Earthworm Jim. Earth, Earthworm Jim, who was both a, <laughs> amazing game. He gacks the gecko. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rayman, for example. Um, we have all of these these characters. So I think that the the medium would would want a Cuphead just just because Cuphead wasn't just like all about the animation. It wanted to be a run and gun game like the Contras and the Gunstar Heroes that came before it. Um, Treasure, um, who made uh, Gunstar Heroes, um, made of ex Konami employees who worked on Contra. <laughs> um, they left and formed treasures because they wanted to stick with 2d because they loved making good 2d animation had good 2d gameplay um so i think that and and treasures games have always had a certain feel just a a great feel to it and great animation quality where i think that the love of animation comes from like a a love of like digital animation itself and whether they were directly inspired by Dragon's Lair or not, I think that Dragon's Lair still stands to the point of something to strive for. Um, at yeah. some point, we are going to get an incredible game where it's where everything is fully hand animated, including the backgrounds, and it's going to look like a living cartoon. And I think Dragon's Crown so far came the closest, with Cuphead probably being as close as we're we're reasonably going to get in the near future. I, I um, want to say Dragon Ball Z, the fighter, the Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah, yeah. I think that comes incredibly close. I think uh, it's your boys who did uh, Guilty Gear and stuff. Uh, Arc System Works. Yep. Arc System Works, where they use 3D techniques, but they use 2D, like frame by frame, to animate yes. it. Yes, yes. Uh, to create like beautiful 3D art that almost transcends into it's like a new genre. Uh, yeah, they're doing the same thing with Guilty Gear Strive. Um, to the point where um, certain characters like uh, um, uh, Lambreaker Valentine, um, where certain animations like she stomps her um, her leg onto the ground and her thigh actually shakes separately, and it's not like a three D model; it's the two D layer over it, and it looks phenomenal. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that once again. You know what else had had full character animation with um, the cloth moving and and like skin deformation? Dragon's Lair. <laughs> you know, whether yeah. it's uh, you know fully inspired by or in the back of your head, someone did it first, and this is what we strive for. Is I, I think isn't too out of the question. Um, it almost like it showed the possibilities of the medium and captured the imagination of everybody of like. What to what could be possible? What you could strive for, uh, and like you're saying, where it's like, if we just throw human characters on here and then like show the emotion, show uh, 
you know, good acting, good storytelling. You know, like we said, it was corny as hell. There wasn't like the best actors or whatever. Like, um, I think like the new God of War is like a great example where like, uh, what's that actor's name? Um, who's on, uh, uh, it's uh teal from, uh, uh, Stargate. Stargate. That's yeah. how I'm too bad. I'm sorry. Teal. We love you, man. You're a brilliant actor. You're a superb actor, but like, yeah. uh, I watched like the God of War documentary with him. Uh, and he said like, he was reading that script and he just thought it was like a TV show or a movie role. Like he was auditioning for, and they came in there and he was just like, oh, this is different. I'm going to try this out because it's like, this is where the technology is going. And he's like, I would love to see this. And like, he sees like the dailies and he goes, he was blown away by it. He was like, this is crazy. Like how much they're able to capture, how much emotion. And he's like, he's like, he kind of came to it like as a serious actor, like taking the role very seriously and like trying to capture that and, human essence. And that's, and that's the fundamental difference from the nineties to right now is, yeah. is real I don't want to say that the other guys weren't real actors, but established actors are taking the medium seriously. Um, and in the nineties outside of Mark Hamill, no you know, actor that's established themselves wanted to work on an FMV game. I think even Mark Hamill said like, people are saying like, what are you doing? This is a career render for you. Like this is yeah. like, this isn't serious acting. Like you're not going to get any roles like after this. Yeah, was, and for him, he's, frowned he's, a, upon, like, he's a sci-fi actor who was like, this seems fun. The technology's there. I want to do it. Um, yeah. And I think he's he was way ahead of his time because you have uh, the studio Quantic Dream who made uh, uh, Omicron the Nomad Soul and then really just started knocking it out of the park with uh, Fahrenheit, which um, us in the West know as Indigo Prophecy, which is basically a choose your own adventure game that's basically a movie that could have been done as a full FMV game in the 90s. It I, I think their games go to show that and people will criticize it saying that they're too cookie cutter and this and the story just kind of falls flat towards the end on, on nearly all of their games. But I, I disagree. I think all of their games are, are wonderful pieces of art. I think they should all be experienced with my personal favorite being Fahrenheit. And I think whether it's beyond two souls, whether it's Detroit um, come human, whether it's heavy rain, um, some of the mis some of the missteps being like just, gaming missteps of not knowing how to incorporate a game to a movie can be forgiven um heavy rain had the uh meme that of jason 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 where you're yeah. looking for your son uh that i think that can be forgiven because the overall story of the origami killer was so engrossing um and i think the same thing with like uh naughty dogs to the first game uh uncharted uh it was Uncharted, but also Last their, of Us. Yeah, The Last of Us, the first Last of Us, where uh, it was a great story, but like the gameplay wasn't where it needed to be yet. And even like with The Last of Us 2, where it's like they didn't elevate the gameplay and then they decided to like tell like a different story that like the fans didn't want, but it's their, you know, this is kind of like the problem when you're telling like a, a good narrative. It's like yeah. you're not always going to agree with whatever whatever they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and like when you're already in the realm of like fantastical things, like you can do whatever you want with those character type of thing. Like it's yeah. you're basically watching somebody else play with action figures. Uh, yeah. And that can be frustrating for a lot of people, like you're saying, with like a lot of these like other games where they're like uh Indigo Prophecy or something where they're like they hate the ending. But it's like that's the story they uh, I, I tell people this all the time is like art 
doesn't have to make you be happy. It doesn't have to make you laugh. It doesn't have to make you cry. Like if you're feeling something, that's okay. Like you don't have to like every piece of art, like some art uh, you'll hate and you're supposed to hate it by design. And that's okay. Like that you're experiencing that emotion because like, that's what it's trying to draw out from you. It's trying to like pull out like a feeling. Uh, and like, there's some people who are like, I don't want to watch sad movies or I don't want to watch like horror films. And that's okay because like, you don't like that aspect of the art and like the emotions it draws from you uh, for that. Uh, but we don't really have that for video games it's, as like a genre, right? Like you have like, Oh, this is an action game. This is a role playing game. This is an adventure game, but you don't have like a sub genre of like, this is an adventure, you know, horror. this is an adventure fantasy. This is, you know, uh type you thing kind of do but it's like it's not they don't defined. tell it to you anywhere yeah 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 so it's like you may experience emotions that you don't uh enjoy but that's okay that's what that's why it's art you know like yeah. uh not every piece of art's gonna make you feel great <laughs> and like it's it's a single or you know in this case it's like it's a collaborative effort from an author or authors that are trying to get you to a point in a story or an emotion or like whatever, like, I, and it's, it's okay if you don't like that as well. Like it, you can walk away from a piece of art and be like, I didn't like that. And if you take a moment to examine like that feeling of like, well, why didn't I like that? And like, well, what did that make me feel? And why did I feel that way? Then that that's a piece of art that like transcends you into like a, a better person or uh, allows you to connect with the author like you're like trying to figure out like what the author's intentions were. And like, sometimes some authors will be like, it doesn't matter what my intentions are. Like, however it makes you feel that's the intention is like, I just want to make that person feel something. And other authors are like, no, no, no. Like my story or my book or my movie is like, I want it to mean this, this, and this. And like, I want you to take that away from it. Uh, yeah. And if you didn't take that away from it, then I failed as like a, a creator. So like, even the author's intentions can be widely different as widely different as the end user experience can be from something. And I think like you're saying like before where it's like FMVs were like the first step into like uh, breaking from games as simple, taking your coin arcade thing to being like, how can I tell a, a, a grander narrative other than like X, Y, and Z. And like, you kind of started to see that with like dragon's lair, but like, we didn't really start catching up to it till like the invention of like CD-ROM drives, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and we're still like working on it to this day, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. VR is probably the next step. And I think people who, uh, hit VR with, uh, it's up there. <laughs> moving. <laughs> That's, uh, um, uh, I think VR with like FMV would be extremely interesting. Uh, is where I was going with that. Interesting thought. Uh, so um, I'll address one thing. Uh, I absolutely loved The Last of Us and played through The Last of Us 2 on release immediately. Took days off of work just to complete that game. Uh, I was okay with the story. I know that people hated it. Um, the main thing, and my, my wife, who loved the first game, didn't like the second game. And what we both agreed was the character that we spent like, you know, 20 to 30 hours within the first game and got to know her, got to know what made her tick. Um, you know, you spent the first game as Joel saving her. Uh, in the second game, after, you know, Joel basically 
saved her, helped raise her, and you're, and you're her. A lot of her decision making in the game betrayed her character. And I get that I'm not the creator of that, and they wanted to go a different route. But like as a as a player, as and a part of that community, I I think everyone just felt super betrayed because of the decisions that Ellie made in that game, and then um, the bait and switch with um, introducing the Abby character, um, who went through the same uh, trials and tribulations as Ellie did as a child, but they tried to like shoehorn in that um that no side is wrong each side like depending like like um, yeah. the old star wars thing of from my point of view the jedi are evil you know it was yeah boils down to basically that and there the was jedi no are evil and there was no reason to tell that story is the problem yeah it just it, it felt like they had no idea how they actually wanted to end it and they're all like we need to flesh this out let's add a new character for absolutely no reason at all it, um that said, I didn't hate the Abby character as like every every vocal person on Twitter seemed to, but um, I do think that the game itself, while I had fun with it, I won't be replaying because um, it it betrayed of who I felt Ellie was as a character. Um, and then going back to the FMV side of it, uh, and art not sometimes being made to not to have people not like it. That's that's true. I think some games definitely get made for shock factor, but so do so do some paintings. You know, yeah, look at um, modern art. All look modern at modern art. Yeah, trash. it's trash. Yeah, it's straight trash. Yeah. But it's, I'm I'm obviously not the the person. But it, that it, it's supposed to you know kind of break conventions and not uh, go against like the avant garde of like what what it yeah uh, what we got through like the romanticism period and like you see like the Ashcan school yeah. of painting where like they go with like surrealism, uh, you know yeah. Uh, and that's okay, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, it seems mostly like there's like two schools of thought for modern art. It's like one is like it's a tax scam uh, <laughs> to shelter your tax dollars uh, for millionaires. The other is that it's trying to find their own voice. Uh, and yeah. it's basically like attempting to go viral almost of like, hey, try and like, I want something interesting that you can like view and enjoy. But like you'll see some things like I saw one guy who did um glass where he does like glass sculptures. Okay. Uh and like they change how you perceive them as you move across like uh the gallery. Okay. Uh like the entire like sculpture like shifts and like he uses like a bunch of colors and like mediums, but he works with like a team of like a hundred people to like make these things and they're like it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're like, that's a beautiful piece. Uh, you'll see other traditional like Western painters who try and capture the, I don't know. Like it goes back. I would say, watch the documentary. My kid can paint that. Okay. I don't know if you, have you seen that? I have not. I have heard of it though. Okay. Yeah. It's like where they, it's like a family who has like a little kid who like just throws paint around and like, it's a little kid's painting. Uh, And a buddy of like the family was like, Oh, it's cute. Like I'll put it up in my gallery. Uh, So they hang up like this little kid's painting in the gallery uh, but people look at it as like modern art, so they buy it for like tens of thousands of dollars, That's right? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, the creator of this is only like you know five years old. This is insane. Like, do they have any other?" Pieces? So they, you know, they're like, "I'll, I'll take fucking ten thousand dollars for like my kid's painting," you know. So they yeah. like, you know, have the kid like they're like, "Oh, you know, if the kid wants to paint, he can paint." And like, if they do something, go you know, go to our friend who owns a gallery. So they end up like selling like a bunch of these paintings. 
but then like art critics start coming in and they're like, there's no way a child could paint this. Look at the, <laughs> look at like the style, look at like all the, there has to, clearly that one of the parents is painting these and saying the child is doing it. But you look at the painting and you're like, that looks like a little kid's fucking painting. <laughs> Boils uh, down to art critics being full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, like even like, you know, the galleries of like the, the people buying them, but yeah, I would say like, you know, a piece of art's worth whatever you're willing to pay whatever for it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and like, if that made that person feel so like, it's true. Like maybe like you see like a child's kid, like painting and like, you don't have kids of your own or something. You're like, that reminds me of like the innocence of childhood where like a, a canvas is an open thing and it's creative. And I can see like the, you know, the childlike wonder of just like throwing colors and things at the board and like trying to do something, but you know, exactly it's sweet, it's endearing and it makes me feel that. And it's yeah. worth, you know, $10,000 and I want to hang this in my house, you know, and that's fine. Uh, the problem is like when we start to try and get like objective with subjective, like pieces, you know, like, uh, that being said, like you can objectively say the last of us two's ending was really fucking bad <laughs> just because of the video game controls up until that point where like you're expected to murder humans, zombies, everything else. Uh, and then at the very end, they want you to like have Spoiler weights. Alert. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to say exactly what, but like they want you to have like have weight at the ending of like, Oh, now we're really going to deal with this uh, life and death. Uh, but it's like, dude, it's a video game. Like I've killed thousands of things up until now. And like, now you're like, Oh, this one thing's going to matter. It doesn't because you've, you've uh, conditioned the me throughout the entire act. thing. Yeah. 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 And like, it's the, a post-apocalyptic you know, world where uh, my sensibility of morals have been uh, of society's morals are completely different. And you've done a great job of showing that in this world building, but now you're like, you're, you know, trying to flip the script at the end. It, it, it it rings very disingenuous. So, but I don't know how you get to a subjective thing, but I would say that uh, it looks like the author's intention like got subverted because I think they brought in like new writers and stuff at some point, like also during there development. There's like a like, rewrite thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 But that's, yeah, that's, that's a whole different, different thing. Well, that's, and you're, you know, collaborative storytelling, collaborative art, like yeah. video games, generally aren't made by one person like they it takes a team of like you know like just look at the credits of hundreds of people yeah. uh so like if you're yeah. concept artists your artists your 3d artists your animators like so each of them are bringing their own notions so it kind of comes down to uh the director and then their sub directors of like art yeah. animation <laughs> like video like uh, uh and you're basically trying to conduct an orchestra if you don't have a good conductor at the helm, like it falls apart. True, true. Which you're right, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. You definitely need a good, good game director. Uh, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. I think that certain things will take. Like, uh, what is the last big controversial thing? Uh, hatred. If you remember the controversy surrounding that game, where uh, it was just made to be depraved. Like, I think the game itself was using, like, cookie-cutter assets, and you could yeah. just, like, murder everything in the game and just do depraved stuff with it to the point where um, people were just like, this is too much, we're not going to sell your game. And then people got up in armed, arms about it, going, oh, you can't, you know, censor art, things like that. Yeah. Um, are you of the 
are you of that line or do you think that something such as hatred was just made to be depraved and it, and it has no place? I would say it was, I'll say this, that was clearly a cash grab, right? And they're like betting on the headlines and stuff. Yeah. But now you can also take it one step. I would like to say that it's like shock for shocking value. Like it's shocking just to be shocking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But some like, like we're just talking about with modern art, like modern art is just kind of like trash. And it's like, some of it's just shocking to be shocking where you'll see like, you know, absolute like filthy or disgusting things where it's like discarded trash or whatever, uh, you know, just human waste. And you're like, this is my piece of art. And it's like, well, sure. But you're ruling out like fundamentals and rules and like all this stuff. And like, I don't need that shit. I want you to feel something. I want you to feel like shocked and awe from this yeah. thing. Uh, and like, I would say there's something to be, you can go the other way too, though, with it. Right. So there's like a famous painting where it's just a square black cube in the center of like a white canvas. Yep. And people are like, this is great. Uh, and it's great if you're an artist and a traditionally trained artist. Right? Yeah. It shows minimalism. It it shows like uh, contrasting colors. It shows like value. It shows like depth. It shows like uh, placement of the square versus like the, the centers and stuff. But it's, it's almost like a technical drawing of something, right? Like it, it's almost like a, a lesson in all the fundamentals in the simplest form. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like, but like, if you don't, if you're not trained in art, like you're just like, this is fucking stupid. I could paint that, you know, like, so I, I think like it, there's like a high level, high aspect, like trained technical level. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like just shock to shock people. And then like, I would say like that hatred game kind of falls more. I'm like, I'm just going to try and shock the shock. I'm, this is clearly a cash grab. I'm like, you know, flipping assets. I'm like doing all these depraved things, like just to get headlines, just to try and like m- sell units. Like yeah. I, I don't really have a statement here, uh, but you could say the same thing about like uh, the original postal game, right? Like it's, yeah. it's basically, it almost seemed like a modern recreation of postal one with like, you know, bought assets and, yeah, that's I think, okay. This is a Streisand effect too. Like, none of us would have gave a shit. Like, we wouldn't have even heard. It would have been like one of a billion games like out there that yeah. never yeah. gets played if it, like they didn't go for it. Like that. for sure, for sure. And I'm glad you brought up Postal because I people like in the industry in the '90s, especially where yeah, Postal was one of the other games that were touted as just straight trash and was banned in a bunch of countries. Uh, Postal does the exact same thing that Grand Theft Auto does, just on a smaller budget. It's just a yeah. huge satire. <laughs> it's a huge yep. satire of just our the Western way of life is is what it is. It's it's um it's a it's a postal worker who goes to work every day, slogs on slogs on daily, daily, daily until he's just fed up with it and just wants to go ape shit. I think we Snaps. can all relate to that. You know, I think we could all of us can relate to that. And and I mean the game, the second game, you know, just just craps on celebrity culture. You actually have legitimate Gary, Gary Coleman starring in the game as a villain. Yeah. <laughs> just, just because, you know, just cause like the concept of celebrity is absurd and, and the game just kind of piles on with that. I, I think that, that it as a satire is lost on the pearl clutching, um, uh, I mean, Congress 
church going public. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's like a, you can see it in like the movie falling down with Michael Douglas. Yes. Uh, Russell Crowe just had a movie kind of like that as well with like, it's called like bad day or something like that where, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it, it, it's kind of like in that same vein of like, you know, one, the, the theme of one bad day of like, Oh, now I'm snapping or like the yeah. monotony of things are like, uh, uh, the Joker's trying- killing joke where he, um, Kid, you know, paralyzed Barbara Gordon, um, stripped her naked, and uh, took lewd pictures of her. Took com- kidnapped Commissioner Gordon, um, stripped him naked, and showed him all these pictures of Barbara in pain. And his point being, um, he's like, "What made me the Joker is I had one bad day and I snapped." And yeah. he, his theory was, was anyone could become the Joker if you just have one bad day. Right. And uh, you know, and and him saying that even Batman could become could on the other end of the day, he's like, you had one bad day and became Batman. I had one bad day and became the Joker. Everyone, no one's infallible. It was the so, point he was trying to make. And commissioner Gordon ended up making the right choice, proving him wrong. So, but yeah, you're right. But at the end of that, the author leaves it up to you to see if Batman's also one bad day of just one, like, right. It ends kind of like ambiguously. With them, We're with like, them laughing at a joke. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, did, so like the, author's intent was like he snaps joker's neck there like he kills joker at the end of that but like he leaves it ambiguous because like i want to say like dc editorial is like you can't kill the fucking joker bro (laughs) right but like he so but it left ambiguous like that you can kind of like feel like there's the author intent uh, there's editorials intent and then there's your intent going into it so it's like how do you feel at the end of this story uh and you're kind of left with this ambiguous ending almost of like Oh, does he kill the Joker out here? Is that what the killing joke is about? Or does he let him live? Is it about one bad day? Is Batman's th- one bad day to become Batman? Or is he one bad day away from becoming the Joker? Right? I, f- I felt always felt that. And I, I heard the neck snapping thing. And I think that's why Frank Miller in The Dark Knight Returns actually went with that. Where at the end of the day... Um, you know, Batman snaps Joker's neck or no, he doesn't even do it. Um, he snapped it, but he doesn't do it all the way. So the Joker would have just been left paralyzed and Joker snaps his own neck to finish himself off. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get the same kind of thematic in like, uh, the injustice too, uh, where it's like an elsewhere world story where where it's like Superman. Superman Yeah. 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 So Uh, they they use that theme quite a bit and it's something that I think, I don't think gaming has done that theme yet where you were in the driver's seat. And if there's a game like that, someone please leave it in the comments because I would love to play it. But um, well, I mean, that's kind of like what Postal 2 does, but the author's intent is to like already put you in the, the situation. But you're already, like, yeah. Yeah, already you've already point. had the bad day and now you're like, uh, it's a liberation from like your constraints of like day-to-day life. And like GTA does this as well, Grand Theft Auto, where it's like, this is a sandbox playground and you're going to escape the consequences of real world actions and you can express yourself any way you want. And this, like I've seen people who play the game uh, without breaking any laws where they stop at, you know, every stoplight and like, you know, like this type of thing. Those people are called insane. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, like they're they're doing it for the YouTube cloud or whatever. Like they're trying to get like people to click on their videos, Uh, but it's possible in that sandbox, right? You can go through and like, you can do the story missions where you're committing crimes, but you can go through the rest of the playthrough, like obeying all the laws. Uh, and they never bring that up. 
when it comes yeah. to like, yeah, uh, yeah. Law you don't, you don't, you don't have to pick up a hooker and murder her um, and get your money yeah. back. You can, you can just buy a hooker and just pay her and be on your way. Um, you don't have to or, buy a hooker at or, all. Or you can just be a cabbie and, and do cab missions, get money that way, and you're good to go. Um, I did that with um, Cyberpunk, where there's hookers yeah. in, and I was like, yeah. I'm an adult. Like I don't need this in my life. And, like I played through that whole game uh, without you know touching any hookers. And then after I beat the game, I was like, all right, let me go back and see what these suckers are see about. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, well, they put somebody uh, spent some time animating. Like, well, we, we all know Chip loves the suckers, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, but you know, I, I'll just let me say this. So what, what, what the hell are we talking about in this pod? Um, it's, it's FMVs. It's, uh, it's emotions brought by storytelling and gaming. It's, the advancement of the medium. I, I do think FMVs kind of showed you or gave open an alternative path versus just like reading text in RPGs to access human emotion. I think it came off as clunky, but I think that it maybe even subconsciously opened up that third eye to where you knew that gaming could have a profound effect on you. Um, yeah. I'll use. And we also, we kind of touched on like, it's still pretty clunky, mm-hmm. but it's still a very new medium compared to things like books, like comic books, you know, comic books are a hundred years old movies, you know, they're a hundred years old, like books, they're, you know, thousands of years old, but yeah, no, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, you know, you're right. You're right. So I, I, what I, what I want to know, um, like, I think FMVs still have a, a great sense. And I think that as gaming matured, FMVs are, are coming back. Now we had, um, uh, uh, What's that consequence or conspiracy or there's that detective game we played with professor oh, um, uh, contradictions contradiction yeah, yeah where where you're you're playing this fmv game and you're it's kind of like uh, la noir where you're deciding if the person telling you uh what happened throughout their day was a lie or not and it's actual actors doing this i think yeah, that's I think a like more a, from new zealand and like yeah it's a pretty independent but it's done with like a that sort of like nineties campiness of like where but it's kind of like purpose. a neat. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where it's like an, where it's like done just enough where it's like a, a wink and a nod to the audience of like, Hey, we know this is kind of dumb and you know, it's kind of dumb. Kind of like a, the doom remake where it's like, Oh, there's been a doom invasion. It's like, Hey, like, are you on board to have fun? And then it like, and that's yeah. kind of what this is about as well, where it's like, yeah. do you want to like have a fun adventure? Like a Sherlock Holmes style. You're in a small village. Like, Yep. Try and yep. F- figure out who's lying, who's not. And like, uh, I think it's like a cult of like a possibly satanic worshippers. Like, possibly because you don't know yeah. if they're lying or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, contradiction. Um, we have her story, which had a lot of critical acclaim um, of just, it's just a woman in a room just telling her story. You have to figure out what's happening. Um, I think that as gaming matured, um, FFVs got better at real actors are, I say real, and I don't mean to, you know, slight the acting community but you know established actors um, people who want to take the medium seriously are being cast in these roles to actually go go for it um i think that i think that we're in a good place i think that um some people look at fmv games coming out there's a new one um i think it's called Her <laughs> this is kind of fucked up after you said like you I know did. real actors and shit but like yeah. you know shout outs to golem <laughs> uh the actor fuck, i don't remember andy his name, but like yeah andy circus like I would say he spearheaded a lot of that movement like, where you see what he did with like enslaved. He's really taken to directing in uh, CGI environments and stuff with yeah. uh, video games as the medium and like uh, elevating the entire 
storytelling with uh you know established actors such as himself with uh working on expression working on cap and like uh taking the time to learn the multi disciplines that are necessary to be a yes. good conductor of that orchestra of being like how can i talk to story how can i talk to uh the artists how can i talk to the animators and how can i uh create like a great cr- uh collaborative effort to capture uh these actors performances uh, and yeah. so they brought in like somebody who's like more veteran and, and seasoned with just the technology. Cause that's also extremely new of like, you know, uh, yep. facial capture 3d stuff. And uh, yep. uh, so just a, an honorable mention of Andy circus. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. That works. That works. And so I, where I was going on my tangent there was, um, you know, we have Willem Dafoe, you know, starring in uh, beyond two souls. We had Detroit Become Human, uh, which I can't remember if there's any big names in that, but just established actors making a movie as a game. I I think that we're in a good spot where uh, you don't need the FMV, but I think when it's there, it's a neat like uh, sideshow, you know, and I I don't think it's I don't think that they're making it out of camp. I think they're making it as a storytelling device and I'm here for it. So so uh, end of the day, I got to say the. One of the games that definitely had an emotional response from me that I suggest everyone everyone play just because it's a wonderful narrative um, would be it's not FMB but it's definitely a you know, gripping story is To the Moon. It is a uh, top down RPG looks kind of like SNES graphics but um, it's about these two doctors who are going into this old man's memories um, and I can't recommend it enough it's it's a really quick playthrough probably like three hours three four hours um it's usually on sale for like five bucks so i definitely would recommend to the moon if you want like an emotional response to a game uh anything that like touched you or that you you couldn't shake the narrative or anything like that no i'm bored <laughs> um you can't put me on the spot my fault that's like <laughs> my immediate like thought was like if i had to go with a recommendation be the command and conquer remake where you play as Einstein going back in time to kill Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's not, it doesn't see, but the response doesn't have to be like, like from a, you know, like a heartfelt emotional response. It can be, you had fun with it. And that's, and this is like a good, good way to yeah. um, experience the medium and why FMVs work. Because you're right, Command and Conquer would not work nearly as well if it was just like animated cutscenes. Well, like again, you're like kind of going back to like emotional response or whatever, where it's like, uh, I played that game. Uh, Tiberian Sun when like I had like a leg injury so I was like in a cast and I was at home for like a week and like that helped take my mind off of it and like it, it was just like something that it's not the best story like it wasn't the best gameplay because I played on the Nintendo 64 which is the worst way to play it because uh, I was like oh yes. you, can, you know what what video game do you want to rent like your legs all messed up you're in a cast or whatever I'm like oh uh, but I remember playing for the PC and I was like oh I'm gonna get it for the you know uh, Nintendo 64 so I can lay on the couch while I play it. Uh, and so like there's something like that as well where it's like, you know, time and place as well. But, you know, it kind of ties into FMV. It has an okay story, but like it's something about like that and like, I don't know if like I had to go with another one of those. Like in that same kind of two-week week period, I also played a lot of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, yeah. uh, which also has like some good, I think they got rid of it like in the remakes. Like all those, like, tickets. They may have, I think there's like, a license. Yeah, a lot of licenses sure. expired, but like the OG ones with like the movies and stuff and the music. And uh, yeah. that was great. But 
Yeah. Uh, I, think, I don't know where you would find that. I, I think they might have re-released it, but you're not going to get like the the full experience, but you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think another one, uh, Zork Grand Inquisitor uh, is another one. It's technically Zork 4, I believe. It came out on a DVD-ROM um, using uh, live, like, live action uh, cutscenes that you, propels the story along if you like... Um, you know, adventure games. And this one's more of a uh, kind of a search with abstract puzzles, but um, that was another solid one. Um, I mentioned it at the top of the pod. Phantasmagoria was another amazing one, which I will actually be streaming at some point soon uh, myself. So, Check it out on Twitch. Yeah, Mr. Gimpy. Mr. Gimpy on Twitch, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So I think that, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I think that it's it's a solid thing. And I think art, as you, as you said, is subjective and you can definitely make it to with the point of not being liked and i think that's what a lot of people uh they don't understand that you know like yeah for like like, i mean you see this with like you know not to go weird but like you said with like a lot of cancel culture for like artists where it's like oh you said an inappropriate thing at a comedy club uh we want to cancel you for that and it's like you have to the i want to I don't know, you know, why I speak in absolute. I want to live in a world or at least a society where artists still have freedom of expression yeah. to uh, try and tackle ideas or subject matter that isn't going to be out for everybody. It may shock some people, may upset some people. Uh, some like, or you can go like with people will love it. People will hate it. People will, will laugh. They'll cry. The, you know, there's a wide spectrum of human emotion and to say that like a, a small spectrum of that uh, or a small yeah spectrum of people won't get your art or like it. Yeah. Like I'm okay with that, but I, I feel like you have to have uh, the freedom for artists to uh, express how they want to express and like feel what they want to feel. And like, yeah. and you're also, okay to feel how you feel as well about that and that's okay like i don't think it like if if something like if a piece of art or like words hurt you like that's okay and like you need to like examine yourself and be like why did that hurt so much or like why did that make me feel that way how did why did i respond to that and you're okay to feel that and like the person's okay to express themselves that way but like you have to understand like when you're going to like experience a piece of art or a medium, like whatever medium that piece of art's on, like it's a piece of art and like it's supposed to make you feel something. Uh, And I don't know, like, again, like same thing with the comedy kind of has the same problem where there's like no subcategories of comedy. Like you could go to a comedy club and you might see uh, a wide spectrum. Like, uh, like when you go to like see a band, you know, what band you're seeing, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm listening to country music or rock and roll or rap. Uh, and like, I kind of have an idea of like what that entails. Yeah. If you're going out to comedy, it's like, I'm going to roll the dice. Let's see what kind of comedy we get tonight. Like a, yeah. there's, there's a wise, like in the same thing for video games where like, there's a genre, but you're rolling the dice. You don't know what kind of like story yeah. is going to be in that genre. True. Uh, True. So uh, maybe we need better labels, but it's, don't put me in a box. Don't yeah, label yeah. me, Chip. <laughs> like, I, I would say understand you're getting like uh, those surprise mechanics when you yeah. go to uh, certain art events. Like you you might even yeah. go to like a black box theater with like uh, local 
theater art students and they're putting on, you know, some modern art thing that they decided to do. And it might be disgusting, <laughs> but, yeah. but like you, you're rolling those dice. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'll support my friend. And you're like, what was I thinking? Why did my friend warn me? But like, that's okay to feel. And like, but you have to like, look at like that piece of art that you just experienced. And so uh, just understand there's art, there's artists and we don't have the best way to, you know, warn or trigger warn or like, I understand like some people have like things that happen to them. Uh, or have experienced certain things or uh, don't like certain words, but people are free to express it and you're free to be hurt by it. And like, I don't know, there's not necessarily freedom of consequences, but I feel we need an area to say like, this is a a space where you can experiment, uh, but you understand that going in. And I feel like video games are that that right now, uh, but they're still early. It's still a new medium. uh, And like, uh, some people might be offended that maybe there a lot of people are using like a sledgehammer to like try and you yeah. know <laughs> get a point across and like uh, they're not the best way and like you know and not every artist or writer or you know is going to be talented to uh convey their message in a way that is respectful of the material or of the audience uh and hey, man. and yeah. it, it, it is what it is I don't know. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's uh, art, man. That's art. That's art. Uh, maybe sometimes you get hurt. Yeah. Hey, good closing thoughts on that, man. So f- we're right around the end of the pod. And as always, I do like to end it by letting, letting all of you guys listening and watching us, but I know what's going on in our lives. Uh, kind of what, what, what we're playing. So, uh, uh, chip, you had the floor. I'll keep giving you the floor. Uh, anything you've been playing this week? Oh, man. I feel like I filibustered you a bit here today. <laughs> I played some uh, Rogue Legacy. I beat it before, but I was like, oh, oh. let me kick this back on. Because uh, I was trying to think if... I remember not liking Rogue Legacy because I'm bad at the game. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me... It, it's hard to tell with like uh, roguelikes because like in that mm-hmm. game, uh, you get coins and those coins carry over where you can buy things at the beginning stage and then you lose all of them once you re-enter the dungeon. Yes. Uh, so I was like, oh, let me try this. Because I got to the point where I beat the game, but I couldn't tell if I beat the game because I became more skilled at the game or because I had just, like, bought enough levels to get through the game. Like, you know, brute force. So that's the wonderful thing about... So Rogue Legacy is a rogue light. The difference being you have some sort of progression in rogue lights versus rogue likes, which you don't have any progression at all. And it's based on like random chance and player skill. Uh, rogue Legacy was one of my favorites. Um, it actually like reignited my love in the rogue category of games. Uh, like yeah, I, I remember like talking to you about it when I first played. And, like you yeah. beat it so fast. Oh yeah, where I was like, yeah. "What's wrong with me? <laughs> like, like, am I playing this game wrong by trying to collect the coins and not just like beating the levels?" Uh, but yeah, <laughs> my uh buddy was telling me that there's like you know Rogue Legacy two just dropped, and I was like, "Do I want to go back into this adventure?" Uh, and like, uh, so he was telling me about Rogue Legacy two, and it sounded mostly exactly the same as one. But with like maybe better upgrades or something. Yeah, I didn't like like the inheritance system either. Where like I felt it feels like it can be unfair, but I can't tell. Life is unfair, man. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) That's what rogues lights are about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, man? What have you been up to? What games have you been playing? Uh, so I 
I actually just got uh, Loop Hero, which is also a uh, roguelike, um, a roguelite, I should say. It's uh, it's okay. I think that I th- I think the basic gameplay loop isn't what I would normally play. Like I like deck building games. Like I love Slay the Spire, um, but there's like a lot of it seems to be you just watching your character go around. So it seems like it would be better fit for mobile. Uh, that being said, I, I am I did kind of. Div- in my mind devote like 10 hours to the game to give it a real try because I, I feel you don't really get a roguelike until you either get like a full clear or you have 10 like five to ten hours in it um i've gotten to the first boss uh got to the point where he just wrecked me so i can see like some of the uh tiles i have to place so the game mixes so many different genres where i'm not sure if i secretly love it or if I hate it and I'm playing it to try and prove myself wrong. Um, it's yeah. it's weirdly addicting. I will say that overall, I don't like the art style, but that's like a, a, a thematic choice that they made that just doesn't jive with me. It's the type, it's the coloring that they've done that just, it looks it looks washed out and just doesn't work for me. Have you but, played uh, uh, Hades? Yeah, I love Hades. I love Hades to death. Okay. Yeah, um, their art style is very colorful. I know they just dropped that game for the Switch not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They're like, oh, it's coming out on Switch. Hades uh, takes storytelling using the roguelike medium and and really did something new with it that does it justice. Typically, you don't really get a true story in these rogue games. Um, You have like a cursory example, and then it's the gameplay that, that makes things up. Uh, like Binding of Isaac, a lot of it was inference that you you got it for, and Binding of Isaac being my absolute favorite rogue game. They're um, supposed to drop that new Binding of Isaac, new, too, D- right? They're... New DLC coming, the final DLC coming in th- three weeks at time of posting of this pod, I believe. So, so yeah, look, for, you'll probably see me stream that because that's my favorite shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Loop Hero. Um, Is it just um? mcmillan holding it up because i've heard like it's mostly gonna be uh nicholas uh, uh yeah yeah mcmillan is back um there's some issues with nicholas yeah. but they i was watching like an interview back. with him recently with mcmillan where he's like i want to really balance it out because uh people are too good and the game's too easy now and it's like bitch because people have been playing this game for like ever dude like is, yeah. the game's pretty old now right like uh, yeah yeah it is it is i it's interesting. See if we ever, if we ever, when we start getting guests on the pod, uh, if we could get McMillan at some point, that'd be one of my like like Hall of Fame level things because I've been following that yeah. dude s- forever since Gish. And I like uh, to ask him why. Like, does he just like torturing people? Like, because <laughs> he's just like it's too easy. But I'm also like, he's like I watch people stream it and they're like just fucking crushing the game. And I'm like, yeah, bro, the game's been out forever. Like, there's definitely like a min max strategy or whatever. But like you can't balance like skill for like skill. Play. Like, I feel like the same problem with like uh roguelikes kind of like we're talking about, like when I talked yeah. about rogue legacy where I'm like, I can't tell if I'm bad at this game or if there's a balance issue there uh, in each roguelike that's done. Well, I feel that player skill will uh, overcome the randomness. Right. And that's what I feel about end. binding of Isaac is like yeah. people have gotten to like the pro- uh, player skill level where it overcomes that challenge. Like nine times out of ten, and then like yeah. McMillan's talking about like I gotta make it fucking harder because fuck people. Well, <laughs> like, uh, he's like I want to give them a challenge. Well, 
because uh, a lot of like the high level strats for Binding of Isaac um, revolves around three items um, that if you don't get, people will just restart the run. Which yeah. um, increasing parity, I, I don't think is a bad thing. And with, like the new bosses, get new enemies um, and stuff. I, I mean, I, that's just I that's a feature, not a bug. Because like <laughs> I could say the same thing about like Rogue uh, Legacy, where it's like if I'm not getting like the right uh, lineage for like my next character, like I could just restart. And yeah. I'm sure there's like a penultimate strategy, like if I cared to like try and uh, speed yeah. run, or if I wanted like an entertaining stream for like people, where I'm like, oh, I know if I get like whatever like blind. Uh, people aren't going to enjoy like seeing like a black and white screen or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so I, <laughs> I love how you say that I streamed the entirety of ghosts of Tsushima in black and white Kurosawa mode. And I refused to play it any other way. Um, I tried right. the multiplayer and you couldn't play it in black and white. And that's the last time I played the multiplayer. <laughs> Were you um, a big fan of a uh, Kurosawa? Yes. Yes. Like, the, Whatever the uh, Yojimbo, samurai. Seven Samurai, Samurai, uh, samurai yeah, 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 all that, all that's my jam. I watched um, all of those. Yeah, I didn't hate them, but I also didn't like them. <laughs> Is it the <laughs> you know seriousness it? aspect, or no? I think I had just kind of like Star Wars. All right, where by the time I watched Star Wars, I had already seen like. Uh, what came from it yeah yeah Yeah. so it's like going it's like going back in time where i'm like this is cool but i've seen like i'm watching star trek next generation already i'm seeing shit like stargate i'm seeing people like p90s like gun down fucking ancient egyptian aliens dude like you're gonna take me back now to like laser swords there's something to be said about that yeah it's so Uh, slow like but (laughs) i feel the same way about kurosawa with like uh when i watched all his movies where like at that point, I already seen like uh, Jet Li's The Legend. I'd watched like you know a hundred Jackie Chan movies. I'd seen Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah. I'd seen like what China had kind of done with like the kung fu medium. And I'd seen stuff from Japan with um, man, just so much stuff from Japan. Yeah. Like I'd seen like anime, like like uh, the anime scene, yeah. Well, like, but like uh, like all of that's inspired by Kurosawa though. Like, see, I don't want to picture like any of the names and... too from Japan. Yeah. I'm like I can think like visually of like the pictures, but I'm like I don't want to even ch- attempt it. Oh yeah, you'll get you'll get uh, some hate. Yeah. Get some hate. How could you mispronounce? Yeah. yeah, no, I I I get it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was trying to think of like the most English translated what I could think of off the top yeah. of my head, but yeah, uh, yeah, but it all came. That seems like Shogun Assassin already, mm-hmm. bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, but like yeah, it's Lone like Wolf and Cub, and bro. I'd seen Lone Wolf and Cub, bro. Like I have a, a um, picture to the right of me of Lone Wolf and Cub. Actually, uh, yeah, I absolutely love that series. But you're so right. it's like going yeah. from that and then like going from like the 1970s Japan and to like to like back, 50s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 50s, it's 50s. like they'd already taken all those lessons and like uh, modernized them in a lot of ways to what they would become, you know, further down. Uh, where it's like. I feel kind of the same way about like things like Casablanca or like, you know, uh, uh, what's the one, the, the famous one like everyone loves? Gone with the Wind, um, sure, Maltese Falcon. The, uh, all of those, dude. Okay. You like, just don't like classic she, cinema. You can't see the the beauty of where things came from. I guess or it's, not that you it. can, it's not that you can't see it. It's that you don't care. Right? It's I like have you've seen like, what. <laughs> yeah. It's like I have like a slight appreciation for it but like zero love like no reverence for the source material like gotcha. i'm just like yeah 
shirtless. Okay. okay. Uh, like, in a lot of ways, like, all I can see are the flaws with it from that to, like, what modern movies became, where I'm like, the pacing's incredibly slow, the exposition's uh, like really King. clunky in parts. Well, like, uh, I'm thinking, like, Seven Samurai, where, okay. like, a lot of people there have, like, one-word response, and, like, there's a lot of uh, two-shot things, or I'm just like, it's just shot, reaction shot, and, like, people not really talking, uh, really bad special effects, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, uh, and, like, I'm sure they're great for the time, but, like, just seeing, like, you know, what came after it, where I'm like, uh, you know, to quote Lone Wolf and Cub, like, buckets of blood, rivers <laughs> of blood, they will all pay, you know, <laughs> like, uh, so you have, like, shit where it's just, like, fuck, like, it's just the game-changing stuff, dude. Like, um, yeah, yeah. And so, like, to go back, it's like, it, it seems almost like um, diet soda, like a watered-down version of, like, what the modern cinema can produce. Uh, okay. So, my, okay. hold on. My, my thesis. So, <laughs> so my, my thesis for movies is that they keep getting better. Ooh. So, like, a bad movie today is still a lot better than a good movie from like 70 years ago, dude. No. <laughs> no. All right, dude. Like no. th- this is my thesis. Dude. Like I think because you, we, all of us in society are spoiled by, uh, it's like if all you had to eat was delicious ass cake and then you're like, Oh, I don't even fucks with cupcakes. And then like, they're like, somebody brought you back and they're like, this is bread. Ha- enjoy some plain fucking uh, grain bread, like some, uh, you know, some vegan bread. Enjoy like this little nibble of vegan bread. You'd be like, you're like, oh, I guess this is okay. And they're like, this is dessert. You'd be like, go fuck yourself, dude. This is trash. <laughs> this is not dessert. Like this is maybe an appetizer. Like, and oh, so like, I feel like so- you're, we're surrounded by like uh, such great uh, pieces of art now that like it's yeah um so yeah the, the now to tie that into loop hero um it's, <laughs> it's, it's all right. like i would say like um, video games dude like i would apply the same thing to video games we're like um most mediocre video games like critically acclaimed triple a studio games that are released are better than anything that was out 70 years ago well 70 years ago sure but like <laughs> because games weren't out then but i that's the next part, man. Then. That's the next part. We're going to toe on that, boy. We're going to toe on that. That's some bullshit. <laughs> I will take. Sure. I will take some. I will take any masterpiece from the you know early '90s, late '80s, and put it against any horse shit you can come up with um, nowadays. Well, give me like any. Try like 1970s, dude. That's like being like, oh, well, look 70s. at Pong. Well, you only have Pong and Space War to go on on that point. If we get from like, like 1980s. So imagine people today being like, look at Space Wars. You have to enjoy Space Wars to truly right. appreciate I, I did a separate. <laughs> I did a separate YouTube video of my own on Pac-Man, for example. Um, I'll, yeah. I'd put Pac-Man up against any horse shit that you can get, give at me right now and tell you without a shadow of a doubt that Pac-Man's better. All right, yeah, well, maybe we're gonna have to like. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I will give you a list of like, I'll look back at like, um, maybe not 2020, but 2019 of like okay. AAA releases, and I'll look at like what's the worst there. And I'll give yeah. you like the top three, and then you're gonna have to come up with a defense. 
<laughs> in the court of uh sounds good combo wombo dude sounds good sounds good check us out next next week for that boys <laughs> some fighting words there but uh in closing i will say um after 10 hours i will update my loop hero opinions i think it could be good i just think that um the gameplay loop huh, is might be a little too passive for my own personal enjoyment all right, boys. So for Chipped Monk and myself, I'm Mr. Gimpy. This has been the Combo Wombo.